Welcome back for episode 11 of Self-Signed Artist. If you didn't know, we actually have a website, selfsignedartist.com, and you can find this episode, all of our previous episodes, and their transcriptions there where you can actually read through everything that we say if you want to. But today, we actually want to talk about your website, your artist brand website. You don't have a website? Well, in this episode, we're going to be giving you five reasons that you should have a website for your artist brand, and then we'll give you five elements that your website should include to be effective. You're listening to Self-Signed Artist, the podcast that helps independent musicians run their brand like a business. Now, your hosts, Kobe Nelson and Jake Mannix. How's it going, everybody? I'm Kobe Nelson, and I'm here with the one and only Jake Mannix. Yes, yes. Hello, hello. <laughs> Kobe, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. What have you been up to this week? I've had a few clients here and there. It's good. Slowly getting back into it. <laughs> Slowly but surely, but it's it's exciting to be uh, making music with my friends again. But yeah, just trying to avoid the Rona as usual. How about yourself? Yeah. I mean, here it's looking up a little bit. So, I mean, I'm not taking any clients into the studio or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, cautiously optimistic still. I think I probably said the same thing last week, but mm -hmm. just <laughs> still trucking along. So, so this week we want to talk about websites. And, and as an artist, web presence is super important, obviously. We all know this. This is news to nobody. But I think most of the focus is placed on two things for most artists when they think of web presence. They're thinking of the obvious ones, streaming platforms where you're putting your music out there, and social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever social media you're on right now. Oftentimes, though, I think websites are overlooked, and I don't see many artists or bands with websites these days besides maybe some bigger name artists or artists on record labels where their website's kind of put up by the record label or something like that. Like they've had a, a team of people that have helped them build a website. And I don't really know why this is. I don't know if people feel like they're old fashioned or unnecessary or if they're just too hard to build and maintain. And yeah, I don't know. Like like Jake for for Manix, your project, do you have an artist website for yourself? No, I do not. Is there anything in particular that keeps you from building a website or is it just one of those things you don't think you need? Uh, all the above. I would say that personally, prior to now, this episode, I bet that <laughs> I don't feel like it's necessary to have one. Number 1 because as an artist, as thankful as I am for the plays and everything I have and all that, I don't think I'm big enough for my artistry to call for a website. And I've also tried, like I have that website for the studio and like I can't even keep that thing up to date. And doing it was a huge, huge headache because I don't know, however many years ago I started it, I was just trying to figure it out on, on the back end of WordPress by myself. And like, I don't know trying to make like pre pre-made things my own and like 
getting them to work the the way that they're supposed to was just it was just a headache so gotcha so like for you the hassle isn't worth the potential reward or the lack of reward right but i if i saw a potential reward then i would probably be more inclined to make one or pay someone to do that okay so maybe my job today then is to convince you and to convince our listeners that you still need a website and then I'll I'll give you some of the most important elements that you should have in your website to help make it successful overall. So I guess first, let's just talk about some of the reasons that a website is still important. So I'm going to lay out five reasons that you still need to have a website in the 2020s, in the modern day. The first thing that I want to talk about has to do a lot with branding. And obviously, that's something that we talk about a lot in this podcast. We talk about building your brand, building your image, projecting a consistent image. And I think a website is a really, really good way to implement this. So point number one, you can customize your website to suit your needs and really target your audience. And this comes down to your branding like we've been talking about. Your website can fit your brand perfectly. And when you do that, when you're building your website to fit your brand perfectly, you have a lot of freedom in the layout. You can optimize your site for business purposes. Uh, For example, you could guide the visitor's eye to anything you want. This could be a button with a CTA which is a call to action. That's a term that we're going to come back to later. Or for another example, you can use SEO, which stands for search engine optimization, to make sure that your website shows up in certain search engines like Google, for example. So you can really form your website to target a specific business strategy in a way that you can't do with other online content platforms like Instagram or Facebook, any of those where you're kind of limited to the framework that that site gives you. For example, on Instagram, you are limited in what you can even link to. You can only include one link in the bio of your Instagram profile. Your photos have to be laid out in the grid the three photo across the top grid. Your stories have to fill a certain amount of time. You're really limited in what you can put out there. And when you're trying to use that for business purposes, that's not always the best thing. You want to have that customization available to you so that you can target certain things to your visitors for business purposes. Does that does that make sense? I know I just kind of threw a lot in that explanation. But do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But could you possibly give me a little bit more clarification on that SEO piece, that search engine optimization? Yeah, I think that's actually one of the most important things. And there's a lot that goes into that. It's probably something that down the road, if people want to hear more about it, we could do a full episode on like website optimization and things like that. But really the idea with SEO Again, it stands for search engine optimization. So what you're doing there is you are filling your website with certain keywords that are going to be searchable. You kind of have to get into the mind of somebody who might be visiting your website and think, what would they be out there 
looking for? What are they going to type into a search engine? And then you can use those keywords that you come up with to build out your website and create the content of your website. The point in all that is so that when somebody searches that term on Google or whatever other search engine they're using, Bing or whatever, that your website shows up first. So if you build your website the right way, you can have yourself show up first for a lot of different searches on a search engine. It doesn't even have to be somebody out there searching Jake Mannix. Somebody could be out there searching, I don't know, uh, could be anything that you want it to be. Synthy Pop. And if you've built your website correctly, Jake Mannix might show up in the search results there. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So you're really, you can make sure that your website is going to be in front of the right eyes if you do this correctly. And that's something that that you can't really do with any other platform except maybe YouTube. YouTube, it kind of works like a search engine as well. So there you have some freedom, but with all the other social media accounts, it's sort of just algorithm-based. You're showing up in front of the eyes that that social media platform thinks want to see you. And that may or may not be the actual person that you're hoping is going to see your content. <laughs> that may or may not be that many. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. It may or may not be that many, depending on how your content works with the algorithm. So you really don't have a lot of control there. And there's not a lot of transparency. There's full transparency if it's your website. If it's your website, you know exactly how it's built. You know exactly what it's designed to do. So you can make sure that it's working for you and not have the mystery of the algorithm to dictate what happens. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up and that we could get a little bit more clarification on that. And again, there's a lot that goes into that. So if we want to hear more, maybe down the road at some point, we can do a full episode on that. Yeah. All right. So moving on to point number two. And that is having your website as a centralized location. In an artist career, in your online presence as an artist, there are a lot of pieces out there. You have your streaming platforms, like we mentioned. You have your social media. You might have a merch store. You might have your EPK that you could send out for for press releases and stuff like that. You might have your tour calendar or ticket sales or your Patreon or your Twitch account or whatever it is where people are subscribing to you for live streams or whatever it is. Those are all separate things that are kind of scattered all over the internet. And that could be a good thing. You'll show up in multiple locations. But if you have a website, rather than having all those things scattered out, you can create a centralized hub where everything is linked back to you. And there's one thing in particular that I think makes this a desirable thing that you would want to have. And that's that it keeps your audience from getting confused about what belongs to you. So for example, I've gone looking for artists, local artists and things like that out there. There's one uh, band in particular, I don't want to mention their name in in this context, (laughs) but I was looking for for them, seeing if they were going to be playing around the area. And there was another band who had a slightly similar name, fit into a very similar genre, and was in a similar location. And both of them had social media, they had streaming and things like that, but neither one had a website. And it was really confusing looking for information on the band that I was looking for because this other band kept 
coming up. Even when I Googled the first band's name that I was actually looking for, this other band would come up as well. So if you have a website and you've optimized it, like we talked in the point above, you're going to show up and then all of those other things that we talked about can be linked back to your website. So it can be kind of the hub that branches out to all of the other content that you have out there rather than having to have a go to a certain site for ticket sales and another site for merch and another site for social media. You can link to all of those things from one single place. So this makes it a really easy place to send people to. So say somebody out there is going to be putting out a press release about you. You can send them to the EPK page on your website. So an EPK, actually, Jake, I'll let you cover what an EPK is. You want to give us a rundown of what your EPK is, what might be included in it? Yeah, let me give you a taste. It's a bio about you or the band or whatever, the artist. It's pictures of the artist, headshots, performance shots, you know, whatever your best quality stuff is, the best looking stuff is. Statistics, YouTube, Spotify, ticket sales, I don't know, Apple, links to everything. As far as my EPK goes, I have links inside of the EPK because I don't have a website. But I think that's it. And I will add that if you get an EPK done, it's best to do it with a graphic designer that understands your sound and your image and your branding and what you're going for. So you guys can kind of design that together. So it's on brand with with what you're doing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, and we will, I think that's something that we can come back to in a little bit, a little bit more about EPKs and how to integrate it into your website to, to make it work the best for you. Moving on to point number three, and this one seems kind of stupid on the surface, but I think it's actually something that's really important. And mm. that's just that a website looks legit. It sounds like it's not that important and that it's kind of egocentric or something like that. But if you're talking about trying to build a brand, looking legit is important. Let's give an example. Say uh, you're, you're looking up an artist. Which one is more pro-looking? An artist with just a band camp or a Facebook page or an artist with a custom website? Website. All day. Right. So it, it just looks like that much more time and effort has been put into it. And it kind of looks like there might be, I don't know, label backing or something like that. It, even if there isn't, there's just kind of that level of professionalism that it pushes mm. it up that extra notch. Yeah. And and your website, like we said, maybe it links to a Facebook page or a band camp. Those are fine things to have, but that website should be kind of the centerpiece because it looks a little bit more professional. So as an artist, you want to be taken seriously, especially if you're trying to do this as a career. So you should look like you take yourself really seriously. The website will say professional. Facebook, Bandcamp, or even I've seen some artists just have like a, a big cartel merch store in place of a website. I think all of those things, if that's all you have, kind of gives the first impression that it's a hobby or a side hustle, or it's not what you're really doing as 
your career. So that's, to me, really not a first impression that you want to give off if somebody's Googling you. If you're trying to do this for a career, the first impression you want to give is, I'm a professional, I'm doing this professionally. And I think a website really says that. Do you disagree with that? Because I know, Jake, you felt like a website might not really be necessary. Do you feel like the professionalism can be reached in other ways just as easily? I don't know if the same impression will be given from something else, but that's something I hadn't thought of before, but I definitely agree with is that just that extra touch of professionalism. It's not going to make someone like if, if your music's trash, it's not going to make someone go, Oh my gosh, it's a hit. You know what I mean? But if you have great music, which all of you do, then the website is going to just amplify that level of your artistry, I guess, and, and help others take you that much more serious because like Kobe said, you've invested probably some time, energy, maybe some money into getting that up and going and looking spicy. Right. Or at least it's not going to get in the way of that. So maybe you have great music, but your branding is not on point and you don't have a website. You have just kind of a thrown together Facebook page. Even if your music sounds pro, that might give somebody pause if they're Mm -hmm. looking at you for... I don't know, whatever it is, for whatever reason. So you want to have that website that just puts your best foot forward and makes it look like you're taking it seriously. All right, so on to reason number four. And this is one that I don't think anybody really thinks about, and it's easy to ignore. But I think the longer you're going to be doing this as a career, the more important this becomes. And this is that a website is more long-term. So we all know these social media platforms where everybody's set up shop, they come and go. They are not forever. As much as they might look like they're forever or that they're going to be around as long as you need them. Even looking back not too far in history, I mean, this is going back a little while now, but MySpace used to be the place for independent musicians to put their stuff out there to put up their whole brand. Then, of course, as we all know, that kind of fell off. Then Facebook kind of took over, and bands and artists were putting their stuff out on Facebook. Now, Facebook has fallen off even a little bit more. It's still around, but it's not as much the front runner. I would say. I would say right now, Instagram is kind of the main platform where artists mm. are, are putting their music out there in social media. But that's not going to be forever either. Later down the road... Maybe that's going to be TikTok. Maybe that's going to be a new social media platform that hasn't come up yet. The point is, all of these things are shorter term. And if you're building yourself a website, it can be a better long-term solution. It's someplace where if you buy a domain name, somebody's looking up manix.com or mnnx.com, that's always going to be there. And you can always update your site with the times. Where Mm -hmm. if a social media platform goes away because it's out of date. I mean, you kind of just have to build something new in a new location. And again, like we said, this is going to come back all the time. You can link the site that you build to whatever new social media content or platform you get into. So if you make a TikTok, link your website to it. It's totally fine. You should still have that social media account. The point here is that the website is really the the mainstay thing, the constant through your whole career and through your whole brand. Jake, do you know if you still have a MySpace out there somewhere floating around the internet? I do. I know that I do. do- 
<laughs> I probably do too. I haven't searched for it in a long time. I don't even know. I didn't even know if MySpace was still like up. Here's the thing. Are we live right now? Is this on record? Can it be on record? Yeah. Okay. We're on record. We're on record. <laughs> and here's my grievance that I need to air out with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he bought MySpace. Did he? And a long time ago, and I might be wrong, but I'm pretty, let me Google it really quick. This will be extremely <laughs> quick on the podcast. He took stake in it for 35. He put 35 million into MySpace, dude. He pretty much bought it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that was like that big shift that they had in whatever it was. What year was it? 2000, what? 11? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. 2011. 10, 11, somewhere in there. They had a big shift toward music. And it was going to be like, oh, this is the new. Remember Pure Volume? Yeah. Okay. It was like almost going to be like Pure Volume, but still MySpace. So it was going to be MySpace. And it got rid of all of my old, old stuff, my old pictures and stuff. My old band account isn't there. None of my band's old music is there. It started only letting you have a certain amount of songs up. So you had to delete them. So I'm missing like demos I had when I was like, 13, 14, 15 with my old band and stuff. Like, mm. I mean, the man has a great voice, but he took away memories. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in the same the same boat. Yeah, like a lot of my band's music from like back in high school and stuff like that was only out there on MySpace. And I didn't even have any of the original <laughs> files or anything like that. It was like my archive. But I mean, that just goes to show at the time, it seemed like MySpace was going to stick around for forever. Like yeah. it was one of the first like really big social media platforms and it's totally gone now. And I can see Facebook going in the same direction at some point too. Like it's already mm -hmm. really, really shifted in what it's all about. And I mean, now they've bought Instagram and there's, there's constant changes that go on with all this. But if you have a website, that can be constant because you control it. So you can make it a constant. So that's kind of the moral of the story for this point. All right. So on to our fifth and final reason for why you need to have a website in the 2020s. And this one is that it's just so, so easy right now to make a website. There is literally no excuse to not go and make a website. This is going to sound like a, an ad for, I don't know, one of these website building sites. It is not, not sponsored. But there are so many site builders out there that make web design super, super easy and really customizable too. And just to name a few, there are, there are some sites that are more template-based solutions that you can go for, like Squarespace or Wix. If you've ever watched a YouTube video in the last like three years, <laughs> you've heard of both of those things because they're just advertised for all over the place. So those in those cases, there's really no excuse. Those are super, super easy to build. They're cheap. You just have to, you have to go for it with those. Or if you want to even take it that one step further, you want to be serious about the customizability, you can go with something a little bit more in depth, like a WordPress site. So WordPress is what I use to build my website. Jake mentioned that earlier. He's building, he was building his website a while ago on it. It's what the selfsignedartist.com website is on. It really allows you to build the page or pages however you want. So if you want full customizability, that's probably the way to go. But it is 
a little bit more in-depth. There's a little bit more of a learning curve in creating a website versus something like Squarespace or Wix, which are kind of just drag and drop. It'll kind of build itself. So even, even though that might seem a little bit daunting at first, at the end of the day, it's still relatively easy. I didn't have to pay anybody to build any websites. I didn't have to... I don't pay anybody to teach me how to build a website or anything like that or go to school for it. I was able to figure it out on my own just by searching things on the web. So nowadays, it's just so, so easy to build a website that I don't think there's really that much of an excuse there anymore. If you've built a social media account and you've figured out how to, I don't know, hack the Instagram algorithm or whatever. Like if you can figure that type of stuff out, you can figure out how to build a website and make it work for you. So Jake, I, I, how long ago was it that you built your, this was the the site for your studio business, right? That you were talking about? Yeah. I don't remember. It was a while years. ago though, right? Over three years ago. Yeah. I'd be curious to see now if you went back and tried to build a new website, even if you would have the same impression of it or if you went to on a different builder like squarespace or wix if you would feel the same way about it i think i think i'd be okay with squarespace or wix but i don't like that i have handcuffs on with them you know what i mean yeah i I see what you mean i mean that's kind of the middle ground between like what i was talking about with instagram where you kind of have to fit within the framework Mm -hmm. like they have those templates and stuff that sort of are like the same sort of thing you can only do so much I do see, I don't know, I see a lot of, of of websites these days, though, that are built on those two platforms that look really good, though. So I don't know how much of a limitation that still is. And I think, I mean, there are other website builders and stuff like that coming out all the time, too, that are all trying to be competitive there and make it easier for somebody to build a website. So I'd be curious to dive into those and see if it's still, I don't know, if it's still even tedious or if it's just straightforward hmm. now. Maybe I'll give it a look this week. Yeah. If I can remember my login and everything. <laughs> Jeez. The, the only thing that I would say with all of this is that one thing that I think scares people away from making a website, even with all of these potential benefits or, or reasons to build a website, is that it isn't 100% free like a social media account is. You can sign up for Instagram. You can sign up and create an account on TikTok or Facebook or whatever it is. And those things are all free for you to do. Whereas a website is a small, but it, it is an investment. You you have to pay for a domain name. You have to pay for a website host. So basically like a server for your website to actually be on because it has to be somewhere. <laughs> it's virtual. It's out on the internet, but it's it's housed somewhere physical and things like that. Sometimes you can you can pay for plugins to help set up stores on your website and stuff like that. So there is some money involved. But I think that the five reasons that we laid out before are enough to make that small investment worth it. Uh, and we're really not talking about a huge amount of money there anyways, especially if you have a, a unique domain name that's not super competitive. Like if you're naming it after your band or something like that, chances are that's not going to be a super, super competitive domain name for people to hike the prices up on. It's the summer of loving and you need to show love. Go ahead, rate five stars on whatever streaming platform you are listening on and tell us why you love it. And you can't say that I told you to. Thanks.
right. So how did I do, Jake? Was I able to sway you at all into thinking that maybe a website would be a worthwhile thing to build? I think you have steered my ship <laughs> with the north winds. <laughs> I think that's good. <laughs> you decide. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So, I mean, again, this is something that we can talk more about. We're just kind of glossing over it here, uh, and there's a, a ton that can go into websites. So if you want to hear more about that, send us an email. It's something maybe we could do another episode on again at some point, or we can put out little tips and stuff in the the Facebook community or stuff like that if you have specific questions that you want answered. So send us an email and let us know. So before you go and build your website, you need to think about its purpose. What is the goal of this website that you're creating? What do you want visitors to do when they get to your site or while they're there? Do you want them to buy merch? Do you want them to buy tickets? Do you want them to listen to your music or watch your music video? They could join an email list or become a Patreon supporter. It, it can be a ton of things that you can have them do while they're there. You just have to think about what your goal is. What are you trying to get out of this interaction between you and somebody visiting your site? Then, once you know that, you can base the layout of your site around that goal. So when you're doing this, it should be extremely easy to navigate your site and extremely clear what you want a visitor to do. And that idea, what you want a visitor to do, is something that we're going to come back to in a minute. This is going to tie into one of these points that we're going to get to about elements that you should have as part of your website. So now I want to move on to five things that your website should have. And these are really just kind of the fundamental building blocks that are going to make it useful for you and help you get something out of it from a business standpoint. So in no particular order, let's get on to the first thing that you should include in your site. One of the things we already mentioned a little bit about that I think is important to have on an artist page is an EPK page. So a specific page for your electronic press kit. I mean, Jake, you mentioned you have an EPK that you would send around that has a bio and photos and things like that. Mm -hmm. But why have something that you have to send around to different people via email or whatever when you can just have a page on your website that you can just update whenever you want and it's, it's up there for somebody to stumble on on their own if they want to, or if somebody's looking for an EPK, you can just send them a link back to the page on your website. It's just there for them to go to. I think that's a more streamlined solution rather than having a, a packet <laughs> uh, that you're, you're sending around to people. Is that kind of how you've handled your EPK in the past? It's sort of something that you email out to people? Yeah, I mean... I've texted it to people because it's just a small PDF, but yeah, I just keep it in the files folder on my phone and whenever someone needs it, I just send it like that. Don't get me wrong, not that many people have needed it, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if it's up on the website though, it's it's something that people don't even necessarily have to ask for. It's something that right, they could come yeah. across without you needing to do anything, without you mm -hmm. needing to send them there. But you could also send them there if you wanted to. I think the most important thing with this is that you do have to kind of keep up with it. You have to keep it up to date. You have to remember that it's out there for somebody to stumble across. So you really don't want something on there that's 
old news or, I don't know, photos from six years ago and you look nothing like that anymore or anything like that. So you just, you do have to kind of keep that in mind. But I think the EPK page is something that's important to have on your site. The second thing that I think is important to have, the second element, is an embedded merch store. And and this kind of comes back to the idea that we were talking about before of having your website sort of be a central hub for your entire brand. So rather than having a separate merch store, you can embed that merch store within your website. So you still have, depending on where your merch store is, set up and how you're how you're distributing your merch that people order and stuff like that you can still have like a i don't have a merch store right now so i don't know what people are using for this but i've seen like big cartel as like a a platform for people to sell merch and stuff like that you can embed that within your website so you don't have to send somebody somewhere else i think shopify is another shopify yeah that's another big one yeah Another platform that you can have, depending on the website, is WooCommerce, where you can set up a store within a site. So there are a bunch of ways that you can go about doing this. One other potential benefit to this, to having your store be embedded in your site, is that you have much more control over what your visitors see first and things like that. You know what I mean? You can you can direct them to specific pieces of merch that are going to be the most profitable for you. Or you can just set it up with good web design in a way that that can help you get more sales. There are lots of resources out there for how to do that type of thing, how to make a website be able to be navigated in a way where people are more likely to buy things and stuff like that. So you have that much more control than you would with a store that's outside of your website. Jake, do, you have you have some merch or you have had merch in the past. What yeah. do you use to sell all that? Um, a table. So that was all in-person sales. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, a website is just another way to kind of up those sales and up that potential revenue where people may want to buy some stuff from you where they, I mean, they haven't been to a show in a while or they can't make it out to a show. Yeah. So that's just another potential income stream going back to six, episode six and episode 6.5 slash seven about potential income streams. Having a merch store is a good way to have an income stream if it's on your website. So moving on to element number three that should be included in your website. And this is an important one that I see people kind of mess up (laughs) in a lot of other locations on the internet. And this is a show dates calendar or a tour calendar. This is one that I see all over social media and it always bugs me a little bit. There are a lot of bands out there where I feel like every single post that they make is some form of a tour calendar or a show calendar or it's a show poster where they're not really posting content. They're just doing something that they could do on their website with a calendar that they could link to in their bio on their Instagram or something like that. Is that that something you have seen? Yeah, on Instagram. But I mean, I also get emails like there's a pretty big band from the UK that I like a lot or used to like a lot that I get emails all the time for when they announce new new shows and stuff and it directs me back to their site. Yeah. Yeah, and that's an okay thing to do if you want to get your your shows out there, you should be posting about them on social media, but you can always link to that, have a page on your website that's dedicated to that and then link back to that from wherever else, social media or from your email chain if you have something like that. Um the other thing that's important about this is that 
you have to think about what people are going to be searching for on the internet. So this comes back to SEO again. So say somebody's out there and they want to find out when you're playing next or where you're playing next. Think about what they're going to do to figure that out. Maybe they're going to go to your Instagram, but in most cases, people are just going to Google something. They might go onto Google and search your name shows or your name tour. You want your website to come up when they search that. If they search that and nothing comes up because it's not actually written anywhere, it's just in a photo that's on your Instagram that doesn't actually have any text in it. It's not, none of that is searchable. So you want them to be able to search that and actually find something. So if you have your website set up properly, you can use search engine optimization, SEO, to make sure that those people are able to find your shows. And there are obvious benefits to that. You're going to have more people at your shows if they can find out that you're having shows, where they are, and when they are so they can show up. You just have to make sure that on your website, all of your shows are contained in one easy-to-navigate location, some sort of calendar, and then people will be more likely to find them. So the next thing that I want to talk about is one of the most important things, I think, for your website to include. This is something that's huge in business and is talked about in a lot of different contexts, uh, but it's especially important for a website, I think. And that is the CTA or the call to action. So we mentioned this a little bit earlier in the podcast as well. So your website needs to tell a visitor what to do. What is their next step when they come to your website? And this comes back to what we talked about earlier with the goal or the purpose of your site. You really want to make this goal or this purpose the main call to action. This could look like a lot of things, but I'll give you a couple examples of what this might look like because otherwise it's kind of an abstract topic. So this could be a button on the main landing page of your site that says, buy the latest merch. Or it could be a button that says, get tickets now. Those are two examples of a call to action. You're telling the visitor that you want them to buy the latest merch item, or you want them to go and get some tickets to a show. They know then that those are the next steps that are expected of them. You can also have a bunch of secondary CTAs on your site as well that might not be quite as direct or quite as, you know, salesy or anything like that. There could be a button or a headline above a video that's embedded in your site that says, check out our new music video. It could be it could be lots of different things, but you want to make sure that you're telling the visitors to do something. You don't want them to just be passively scrolling through your website and then leaving and forgetting about you. You want them to actually do something while they're there. So one of the important things about a CTA is to have it be one of the first things that a visitor sees when they show up at your website. You don't want them to have to scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page in order to know what they have to do. If they have to scroll past a bunch of texts or a bunch of photos, chances are most people aren't actually going to make it to that point in your site. You kind of want this to be front and center, and if it is, it's much more likely to be clicked and people are much more likely to follow through with whatever your call to action is. So for example, if you go to selfsignedartist.com, we have an example of this idea. There's kind of a landing screen uh, with a big image 
uh, and it has a, a headline that says, build a better artist brand. And then below that, there's a button that says, learn how. So that's the call to action for our website. We want you to see the headline that says, build a better artist brand. And then we want you to think to yourself that you wanna learn how to do that. Click the button that says, learn how, which in our case, just scrolls you down to the grid that contains all of our previous episodes or our most recent six episodes, I think is what we have on there. So by getting somebody to click the learn how button, you're getting some sort of engagement from them. They're actually interacting with your website. They're a little bit more invested in what's going on there rather than just kind of passively scrolling through something. For another example, if you go to my personal website, if you go to kobynelson.com, there's, you'll see a similar sort of thing, which makes sense. I built uh, both of these websites. So on kobynelson.com, there's a headline that says, get exciting mixes that demand attention. That's part of the call to action. And then there are two buttons below that that are the real call to action. One says free price quote, and one says free mix sample in bright blue and bright green. So they're they're the two things that stand out most on that page as something that you can interact with. And they have a direct call to action as part of each of those buttons. So does that make sense, Jake? Like if, if you were if you were gonna make a website for your artist project now, what do you think a call to action might be? Or what would you be building um, a website for? Right now, since I don't have any tour dates and I don't have any merch to buy, it would be a listen now button, which would push you to your preferred streaming service. Yeah, so you have your music actually embedded in the site. That's a that's a good thing to call attention to. You're a musician, so yeah, that's a perfect thing thing for right now. Oftentimes for a call to action, you want it to be something that is going to have some sort of direct impact on your business, which as an artist, I will say is a little bit trickier than if you were a service-based business or if you were a product-based business since being an artist is kind of more of an abstract thing, you're providing entertainment. So that part is a little bit looser, but it also gives you a little bit more freedom to make your call to action whatever you want. It could be sign up for our email list, or it could be anything else that you can think of, any creative way that you came up with as an income stream in one of our previous episodes, episode six or seven. Whatever you decided to do for that, you can turn that into a call to action on your website and direct somebody straight to that. All right, so I've done a lot of talking, but let's move on to this point number five, the fifth thing that I think you should include in your website. And that is a landing page or more specifically landing pages. So what a landing page is, is a specific page designed to send somebody to for a specific purpose. So if you want to send people from Instagram, for example, to buy your merch, rather than put a link in your Instagram bio to your website homepage, you could put a link in your bio to a landing page where the only thing that they can do on that page is buy merch. You put a little call to action in your Instagram bio that says, get some merch or whatever, and there's a link to that landing page where they get merch. It makes it a super, super simple process where somebody hears the call to action, they click on whatever it is, 
and then they're in the location to do that thing. If you link to your homepage in every case, you're going to add steps to that process for somebody. It's going to take them time and effort and some amount of brain power to navigate through the website to do whatever it is that your call to action was. So you're going to increase the number of people who bounce off your site. So bounce means that somebody shows up at your site, doesn't click on anything or interact with something, and then leaves. So they show up, they don't do anything, then they leave. That's a bounce. That's something that you want to minimize. You want to get somebody to your site where they're actually going to do something. So you can use landing pages to be much more targeted for a specific purpose. Somebody goes there and they do something. Does that make sense, Jake? Yeah. You don't want any boomerangs coming around. <laughs> yeah. Boomerangs are bad. <laughs> and then, I mean, along those same lines with a bounce, here's a bonus tip for you that, that wasn't even included in these five Ooh, tips here. Yeah. Give it Special to bonus tip. Mm -hmm. You need to have Google Analytics installed on your site. That is an absolute necessity. So when I was talking about a bounce, somebody comes to your site, they scroll through, they don't click on anything and they leave. The only way that you're gonna know that that happened is if you have Google Analytics installed on your site. The only way you're gonna find out who they are. <laughs> you don't know who they are. Is <laughs> if you have this. <laughs> yeah, you don't know who they are, but you you can tell that somebody did that. You'll get a, a, a statistic of, how many people have bounced off of your site. And if you're seeing a high bounce rate, it means that something about your website design isn't quite right. You're not engaging people in the right way. Maybe you have the wrong call to action. Maybe your website is just overloading them with information. They get there, they don't know what to do. Maybe you need a landing page for that specific call to action. Those are things that you can only find out if you have Google Analytics on your website so you know what people are actually doing while they're there. I mean, it gives you a bunch of other things too. Like you can see general location of people. Like you can you can tell what city they're from when they're accessing your site or whether they're getting to your site from mobile or from a desktop. So you get little things like that too that just help you optimize your site to give everybody the best experience while they're there. And really that's important because if you're giving people the best experience while they're on your site, you're increasing the opportunity for them to convert to a customer, to buy a shirt, to buy a ticket for a show, to check out your music video that you've embedded on your site or linked to from your site. So those are all things that you want to be aware of. And the only way you can do that is with bonus tip, Google Analytics. Mm -hmm. So if you're spending the time and putting in the work to create a brand, you should have a centerpiece for that branding. That's really what we're trying to get at with this episode. And a website is the perfect place to do that. So don't overlook it because it's too hard or because it costs money. Websites, I think, are just as relevant now as they ever have been. And with the tools available for SEO and site building and analytics and things like that, I actually think that they may be more relevant than ever. So I hope that I've convinced you that you need to build a website for yourself and your artist brand. And if you have made that decision, I hope you now have a good starting point for what your site needs. Jake, do you feel like you have any questions at this point for, for me, having talked about all of this stuff and tried to change your mind? I don't have any questions because you did such a good job of explaining it. 
<laughs> but now, now I'm interested. Now I kind of want to do it. And next by next week, I will probably have a website. Not by next week. Who am I kidding? Sometime within the near future. You could probably do it in a week. Maybe not fully like optimized and stuff like that, but you can definitely you could definitely have a website up in a week. Mm. So I'll try. I'll try and get <laughs> one out there. All right. Cool. If you're out there and now you want to start a website too for your artist brand, if you want to hear more about this website building stuff, this optimization, SEO, CTA, strategy, all these things that we've mentioned, like I said, you can email us at podcast at selfsignedartist.com or you can drop five stars and leave a written review. Let us know you want to hear more about this or that you found this helpful or interesting. And as you go through this process and build your site, we'd love to hear about it and check out what you actually create for yourself. So if you build a website or if you have a website now, go drop a link in the self-signed community on Facebook and we can all kind of give each other feedback and make our sites all the best they can be. We can help each other out with our little community on Facebook. So we're looking forward to seeing what you come up with. That's it for today. That's it. So we'll see you next time. 